Welcome back to True Crime with TiVo, Lauren, and Lee. Gosh. Welcome back to True Crime with Tebow. Lee's always going to mess it up. <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, we're part of the podcast, too. You yeah. Know Tony, you didn't even talk. We're just the peasants. Oh, okay. Tebow is... <laughs> Tebow's the main man. Oh, okay. So, anywho, um, welcome back, y'all. So what do you what do you have for us today? First off, before we get started, <laughs> you look so enthused. I wish y'all could see Lee's face right now. Looks so thrilled. Um, our listeners. Oh. Oh. What about them? Oh. <laughs> you are so <laughs> nonchalant, naive, oblivious, lost looking, twenty four seven. So, our listener base is going up and once again we've only now we've only told like 10 of our friends and family about the podcast and our uh, our numbers have definitely gone up um folks in different several different countries we've got a japan now and people are listening on other platforms as well um i added amazon added our podcast to amazon music stitcher Google Podcasts and some others I can't even remember. iHeartRadio has been the only one I haven't been able to figure out yet. Which one's been the most? Like Spotify for sure, Spotify. and then I think Apple. Um, our male uh, listener base has actually gone up too. Surprisingly, most it's normally always females that are into true crime, but oh, huh. I think we've had, sure? we've had some feedback about or some of your friends or yeah. coworkers have listened and yeah. said they liked it. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. So. <laughs> and I was actually talking earlier about, hey, look, Lee, there's people out there that actually like listening to what I have to say. I can't even pay you to listen to me. Nor <laughs> can't even get my husband to listen to me. <laughs> just kidding. Not- anyway, just kidding. My mom's listening to this. Yes, she is. <laughs> She's a saint. <laughs> She's a nice lady. Shout out to Arlene. We got to get her on here. Her Cajun voice. Woo. Yeah. I'll just replace me with her. People just want to hear her talk. And your daddy. Shout out, Mr. Mike. They got the cutest little Cajun Cajun accents. Oh, and shout out to them. They're, what was it, 34th? 45th. No, 44th. 45th anniversary. 44th, A few weeks ago. Yeah. Cutest couple ever. Definitely some folks to look up to. Um, So, um, when I was uh, looking back on, you know, we've told y'all a little bit just a slither about me and Lee. I kind of forgot to tell you about Tebow, our dog. He is our child, our perfect, <laughs> precious baby, uh, Tebow. He's a um, Chawini, we think. I adopted slash rescued him uh, 10 years ago, and I credit him with uh, getting me through a very tough time in life, a very abusive relationship. I say that Tebow definitely got me out of. Um, anywho, I named him Tebow after Tim Tebow, as my husband is sitting here wearing an LSU sweatshirt. Um, I named him after Tebow because Tim Tebow is a perfect angel, but we spell Tebow the French Cajun way, T-B-E-A-U-X. Um, we think he's a Chawini. He was, you know, found out in the woods and I rescued him. So, anywho, that's a little bit about Tebow. Um, 
what else? Um, oh, also, we've had some feedback on Spotify or some interaction with our little audience. Do you know that? Sorry, what? Lee? So you can uh, post questions, or I, I post a question on the Spotify community like section of our um, podcast, and we got a question from the famous Aunt Deb, the famous Aunt Debbie. Um, I, if she could start a podcast or be a stand-up comedian, she'd be a, a billionaire because she's freaking hilarious. Um, we really need to get her on here one day. Her index both. Both hilarious. Anywho, Aunt Deb asked, um, can you pull it up for me, actually? No, you can't. Um, basically, Aunt Deb asked um, how many students and teachers were shot through the um, glass, um, glass pane, the little small glass pane on the classroom doors. Um, she said, basically, it, it seems like maybe that's why he was kind of shooting back and forth in a willy-nilly type fashion. So the answer to that, um, he killed six people by shooting through the windows of the uh, classroom doors. Um, those were all on the first floor. The rest were all either in the hallways or right at the... Um, entrance uh doorways or um you know right outside of the locked bathrooms um so yeah six were in shot through the glass windows and some of those couldn't even um uh didn't even have time to even get out of their desk of course he, he shot more than six through the glass windows but six kids um were killed because of the shootings through the windows. Um, more were wounded. So that's the answer to that. Um, what else? I think that was kind of all. Did I leave anything out? I, I think thought that I was too. thinking. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I'll save that for next one. I'll save that for next one. Um, so today, of course, you know, we're talking about the Parkland school shooting again. Um, the trial is currently still underway. Um, we're waiting on them to come back to court. They should start Monday. I know. And I guess we should probably say the date. What is the 27th? It? September 27th. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's Monday. 2022. Yeah. 2022. Yeah. So, um, they're supposed to come back starting with the witnesses and everything, um, on Monday because that was, a, you know, of course, a, uh, circus rodeo crap show last week when the defense um rested early out of the blue and the judge got super mad well we're gonna have a whole episode on the craziness of the trial hopefully soon maybe hopefully next week um so um so today i think we're going to talk about um the shooters all, all of his premeditation his you know proof of planning um, all the things he did uh, to plan all this, his aggravating factors, all that, that, you know, of course, they're also trying to prove in court for his uh, punishment or penalty trial. Um, depends on how far we go with that. Then we're probably going to talk about either next. I think we're going to talk about his upbringing after that, if just depending on 
the length of time. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so, anything else, sir, husband? That's all. I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm just ready to get started. Tebow sitting here supervising us. Okay. <laughs> Slave driving. Yeah. Take a nap. As always. All right, so we'll get on my notes here about his planning. And, of course, I don't like to say the shooter's name. I'll just call him the shooter. I'm sure you all know the shooter's name. I'm not even going to say it again. We just call him shooter. Okay. <laughs> um, so, first off, when I look at his proof of planning and everything, he chose the biggest building on campus that housed the most people. How many... How big is this school? Like, well, it's school, 3,000 kids. Remember, high school, 9th through 12th, uh -huh. about 3,000 kids. He chose the biggest building on campus that had the most people. He walked past the main, like, courtyard area of campus and all that to go to sprint, to freaking speed walk to the biggest building on campus, building 12. Three floors, um, housed about a thousand people. Um, so he had about a third of the yeah yeah. Population. You're how oh, you're good at math. It's you, not, you're it's the not very hard. You're the good good. You're the uh, <laughs> the spouse that does all the math for us <laughs> and chemistry and. Are you being sarcastic right now? No, I'm serious. Okay. And I <laughs> I have two stupid college degrees, and you blow me out of the water like. <laughs> Yeah, it's embarrassing. Uh, anywho, so um, Shooter chose the biggest building on campus with the most people. Um, that, I think, plays into his pre-planning. And I think the um, state um, law, uh, that state legal team, the prosecution team, if I were them, I would be bringing that up every other minute of the trial like he chose the biggest building like he wanted to do the most damage obviously um supposedly i've heard that he went to shooting ranges um i'm still waiting on that to be verified in trial i'm hoping somebody's gonna ask it like months in advance days in advance i don't know i've heard of course i look up every you know like watch all the YouTube comments, read all the YouTube comments and stuff like that. Um, he, the shooter said that he, whenever he was initially getting interrogated right after the shooting, you know, the detective said, well, you know, was this your first time shooting that AR? Which he, I think the kid was lying during so much of that, obviously. Um, but he said, oh no, I shot it in my garage. How do you? An AR. Yeah. Did, did did the neighbors get called? Like, <laughs> no. And the, even the detective was like, "Uh, you shot your AR in your mom's garage." Like, uh, what did he shoot at? Right. And he he couldn't even answer. I, he was like, "Oh, I shot it twice, like into the concrete." Like, dude. Like, mm, no. So there are some rumors that he probably, most likely, went to shooting ranges. Because, you know, he bought the guns at a gun store, I believe, that had shooting ranges okay. as well. So, I'm waiting on somebody to ask that in trial. Obviously, he knew how to shoot. Um, and he had more guns than just the AR, actually. But that's the only gun that he brought that day to the shooting. 
Um, another thing about, you know, premeditation planning. He used an Uber, and we discussed this in the last episode. He used an Uber driver to bring him to the school, and he skipped his school that day. He was in an alternative school. The family that he was living with at the time, he told the dad, or the the male guardian, um, oh, we don't we don't have school on Valentine's Day at my school. Like, and the the guy believed it. Like you, it, freaking idiot, right? Would you believe that if your kid told you that? Oh, well, we're, mean, we're out of school on Valentine's Day. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I could. I, I really don't. I if, don't know. Probably kid, not. But if the kid said, I mean, I would at least, oh, because of teachers in service, maybe. But I, mean, I probably would at least ask my wife or right looked it up. Yeah. Right? Like, and he was living with a family at the time that kind of took him in. We'll get into you can all that. Find anything on Google. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what this kid did. So, anywho, he told his the family he was living with, "Oh, I don't have school today." And I, I don't know the 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 guy, the guardian, went off to work and didn't even question it. Whatever. He so the shooter used an Uber to get to the school that day, um, like twenty minutes before the bell rang to to for the end of school that day. Um, my thing is, go ahead. You got a question. It looks like. No, no. Keep going. My thing is, did he use that Uber driver before? Like, you know how if you use an Uber driver and you're like, Oh, I want to favorite this driver or whatever it is so that they can like, so that I can maybe possibly select them again the next time because they're really good. I think you can, didn't we do I'm Pretty I sure think, you can do I that. think you did do that. I yeah. Mean, I never really took the Uber all that much. Yeah. Um, but anywho, um, because the reason they put this Uber driver on the stand in the trial, she was a really like older, like probably in her sixties lady yeah. Uber driver that I guess just did it on the side. And she barely spoke English. Like you could barely understand her. So I was thinking did he choose scope out this driver to use so that she would be oblivious? Because he was carrying, you know, his backpack and a Cabela's black, like, zip-up rifle bag. Yeah. Did so, he use so her? So you think she was uh, oblivious? Yeah. To... He was like, oh, yeah, this is my guitar, um, and I'm I'm in band at school. And, like, did he, like, choose her on purpose? Knowing that she wouldn't question anything weird, like okay, I'm dropping this kid off before, right before school ends, like. And, and he may have used that Uber a lot too. Right? Yeah. Like, like you said, you can favor him. I mean, they he might have had that bag with him. Before, before. I mean, yeah. I don't know. She might have thought it was his trombone. Yeah, I mean, she thought it was his guitar bag because that's what yeah. he told her, and she just believed it. I mean, that's. I would believe that. Like if it was a Cabela's, me, right? I didn't see Cabela's on it. I'm like, sorry. but you can tell. Though, like, the shape of it, I could tell it was a rifle bag. You know how those look? You you yeah. worked at Cabela's when you were in college. Yeah. Like, it was like the with the zip-up. and Yeah, the... but if you don't know. Exactly. And this old lady clearly didn't oh, know. Oh, so it, it's like one of the bags that's like the yes. shape of a gun. Yes. It, or I say it's the shape of a gun. Kind of like your... Um... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's, it's... Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. You could tell it, like, if you're looking at it, that it's not a guitar case or whatever. It, Anywho, so did my thing was like, did he use her to, you know, 
not have any, you know, red flags that day so that he could get away with it. That was my thing. Um, um, what else? Um, also, when they, they did put that lady on the stand to question her, they didn't even ask her if she was suspicious that it didn't look like a guitar bag or if she was suspicious that he was being dropped off before, like right before school was over, like all these things, like they just kind of put her up there and that was it. So that was one of the defense's witnesses? Or? Yeah, or she got cross-examined too though. I, I can't remember. Yeah, but the, the, the yeah. defense brought her up there? Yeah. I, yes. Is that how that works? I think, yeah. But the state got to cross-examine her. But I was like, if I was the state, I would have definitely asked that woman way more questions than they, they did. Can they bring her back for questioning? Or is it like I don't a think one so. And done? I think it's a one and done. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. So if anybody out there that's a works in the court system, right? You know, just let us know. <laughs> so I'm not the expert. I guess there's people we could ask. Yeah, and yeah. That's what we'll do. Next and that's time what I'm, see some of those people. I'm kind of learning about it by watching the trial, obviously. Um, okay, so next. Oh, the kid, or I say the kid. He was 19 when it happened. The shooter's search history online. What was that? What, excuse my French, what an absolute shit show. That poor detective, the, like, um computer forensic detective they put on there, mm -hmm. he had to read out loud all of the search engine history that the shooter did, and it was horrible. Like? Like, and, and even the, the forensics detectives, like, you know, had to read out loud the, the shooter's text message. Just very vulgar. Like, what? disgusting, like, porn, like, disgusting stuff, like... And it all, and some of his search history was, it's, it kind of made me wonder. Yeah, he was probably messed up, and maybe he really was searching this stuff, or was he like trying to get caught? Like he was looking up like child, like rape stuff, and I was like, maybe was he like trying to get caught or see? I, I don't know. My, I just wonder. Like he looked up so many like. Um, Columbine, um, like looking up, trying to find videos of uh, people being killed, um, trying to find videos of girls getting shot in the chest, uh, girls getting shot in the head. It was always girl. It was, it was weird. Definitely weird. Um, his search history was disturbing, needless to say. Hmm. So there's a lot of murder. Yeah. He... Or like he, he kept looking up, like, these uh, Columbine, um, you know, the song, um, what was it called? Pumped Up Kicks or whatever. No, I don't. And I'm not going to sing it for you because <laughs> I don't want to scar everybody's ears. He, apparently, he was looking up, like, music playing to the Columbine shooters killing everybody and stuff. It was just, it was disturbing. Oh, so he was trying to get his, like, rocks off without having to do it, I guess, or hype himself up. Yeah, and, like, it, I can't remember... So Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Like, there are so many kill. Like, the the Parkland shooter, um, I can't remember if he had headphones in or not. Um, I should probably know the answer to that. But the Aurora, Colorado theater shooter, he had headphones in. He had music in his ears playing while he did um, his act of murder. Um, it, it's like, it's like, once again, like you said, 
It's like they're wanting to be in a video game, like having music blaring through their ears and just shooting people. Like, hmm. um, I noticed that similarity with the Parkland shooter too. Anywho. Oh, okay. Um, you have, I forgot my you, question. You seem like you're, <laughs> God, you're ADD. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. Um, so his search history though, he looked up the bell schedule for the school. Oh, okay, I remember my Go question. ahead. So, like, how far back did they go into search history? With, like, years. That week? Oh, okay. Years. Years. Yeah. So they really... Yeah, it went back and, to, like, 16 or 17. And did, did they say whether, like, it was, like, back in 16 it was the same way? Or just, yeah. like, did mm-hmm. it get worse? It, it consistently got worse. Um, I think it was kind of, like, in 16 or 17. I guess they could only go so far back, too, though. Um like and of course they found uh i think it was two videos in his cell phone um that that you can find those plastered on youtube where uh the shooter is like sitting on a park bench with his bike saying oh you know hey i'm uh i'm gonna be the next school shooter parkland florida marjorie stallman douglas high school um I, i think he named valentine's day on those which He recorded himself saying what all he was going to do. You know, I'm going to bring my AR to the school. I'm going to use tracer rounds. He told everything he was going to do, exactly how he did it. And he even said, I'm going to take an Uber to the school and um, did all this. But they were just on his cell phone. He didn't post them anywhere. Uh, He didn't send them. So he was like, that was like his message to the people. I guess, yeah. If he died or something. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. I think he was maybe possibly expecting to get killed or shot. Because I, I did see the one video where he was, like, reciting a poem. Yeah, I think like, that was one of them. Poetic justice, I guess. Yeah, that was, ridiculous. Is that what that's called? Uh, it's definitely yeah. not justice. It's not, no, but, like, for him, that was his... Yeah, and he was like, yeah, you're, you're all going to know my name after this. Yeah. You're going to... Uh, I'm going to... What did he say... You'll you'll know who I am with my AR. It was it yeah. was disgusting. Like yeah, it was basically him like just ranting, sticking off. it to him. For yeah, what he thought he was done. Yeah, he, he thought he got done wrong. Seems like yeah. And then he got expelled. And yeah, poor oh, you know I got bullied and everybody was like no, uh, he was actually the bully. Nobody freaking bullied him, idiot. Ugh. Anywho, so yeah, he looked up the bell schedule to the school like yeah. that week, so he knew. When the bell rang, I think he probably knew when the gates got unlocked. Mm-hmm. I mean, or watched or looked, you know, hey, they unlocked the gates 20 minutes before the last bell rings for school to let out. I can go in then. I also have 20 minutes. Everybody will be at school. Um, you know, he looked up in all of his, the, he basically went to the school website to find the bell schedule um, that week. And, you know, they found all of that in his search history. Um, uh, what else? He, of course, you know, did it on a Wednesday where he could wear his old ROTC uniform to blend in with the other students on campus. And uh, I guess blend in like he was, you know, still an ROTC student there, even though he had gotten expelled a year before. Um, there are several obvious um, ways that he planned it. Um, we kind of talked about those, some of those in the last episode, but, um, 
you know, of course he, he had over 300 bullets loaded. He had all those magazines loaded. Um, some of them were 30 round magazines, 40 round magazines. He brought his tactical vest, had all of those already loaded with the magazines in them. Um, also another really weird thing. So the shooter's dad, uh, Roger Cruz died when the shooter was like five or six. Uh -huh. Um, and the dad was like, I don't know if he was like a volunteer or reserve, some kind of a police officer when they lived in New York, like a long time ago. I think it, he was a police officer before the shooter was even born, um, before they adopted him. He, in his tactical vest that, you know, the FBI found later after the shooting that he dropped in the stairwell, um, where he dropped the gun and the vest in his tactical vest he had his dad's old police id in it hmm. it said roger cruz and it was for the um nassau county police department um in new york like how weird right like was he gonna like maybe try to play like or walk into a classroom and be like oh here i'm the police like here's my police id like that's just freaking weird i don't know I don't know. Maybe but they'll ask him that. I know. That's what I'm wondering if they're going to ask, which I don't think they'll get him on the stand. I don't think that's going to happen. But okay. I don't, I, w I really wish somebody would ask something about that. Um, the, um, so the detective who interrogated the shooter right after um, the shooting. I think that guy was pretty good. He did his, I think he did his work right. Um, and the reason I say that, they got the shooter checked out by a doctor immediately after it happened. A mental doctor, or not a mental doctor, a psych doctor uh -huh. to clear him mentally before they even interrogated him, which was genius in my opinion. Why is that? So if you... You can go on YouTube and watch all the um, hours and hours of interrogation where they interrogated him right after the shooting. And I've watched them all like multiple times and took notes. The shooter's trying to act crazy. Oh, demons, voices, all of a sudden, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like it, you can clearly tell it, he's trying to act crazy. And the detective is sitting there going, nobody, the doctor already cleared you and checked you out. You're fine. And does that hold up? Like I'm waiting to see if that's going to hold up in court. But it was genius it, because it got him to talk. He, yeah. he kind of got him to like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, I mean, it took him a little while to get to talk, but I think that was genius. He was like, dude, no, the doctor already cleared you. You're fine. So is that a common thing for them to? No, not that I've seen. Hmm. Not in the Santa Fe shooting. Um in the Aurora uh, theater shooting, they did do that, but that. Oh. So if it's an option. Yeah, he was smart it. by doing that. Yeah, hmm. yeah, like. Because Santa Fe is still fighting. Yeah, that that, that lawyer's still putting. He's still in a mental institution. They still hadn't gone to trial, but I, I think it was a good move on the detective because he was trying to act crazy in the interrogation he was like no no you can't pull that buddy remember we we literally just came from the hospital the even the 
like regular doctors checked him out because he was like, oh, lab I'm, I can't breathe, labored breathing. And they're like, no, you're fine. Like, Ooh. yeah. So I think that um, was definitely a smart move on their end. So, you know, of course, I think, you know, the shooter, he definitely planned out the shooting. Um, but in my mind, like, he didn't plan out how to convince the hospital and the detective that he was insane, you know, right when he got caught. Um, idiot, like, clearly. Um, you know, and it, when he first got arrested, he immediately told the arresting cop who, you know, they have it all on body, uh, body cam footage. You can find that on YouTube. Um, you know, about, oh, demons and voices. He starts saying demons and voices right when they take him down to arrest him. But yet he had like an hour and 20 minutes or whatever of this, that he was out you know, after the shooting, walking around and talking to people, like, he wasn't talking about demons and voices then. Like, I don't know. Yeah, because, like, he sat down with the kid in the McDonald's. McDonald's yeah, and he talked to the girl in line when they were fleeing, remember? And didn't he go to Subway? Yeah. Did he order something? Bought an yeah. Icy. So. He tipped the cashier in Subway. Hey, he was having a good day. Right? I mean. Yeah. For him. Yeah, like, like what he, the hell? He, just calls he was chaos. acting fine then, but as soon as the cop walks up, it's, oh, demons and voices. Yeah, no, bro, it's not going to fly. And I, and I guess that really plays into him, why he pled guilty. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. there was no way around it. Like, busted. Yeah, yeah. Now it's just... Yeah. So, like, you know, he can't claim insanity. The the hospital checked him out immediately and all that. Um I think he thought he knew how to play the act in front of certain people, but clearly he wasn't convincing enough. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah. It's not like he, he went and did that in like a fit of rage or... or no, or no. Like was, he planned it for years. It was years. no doubt. Yeah. And in a lot of his planning, like on some of his, um, and we'll talk about that on red flags that were missed, he he commented on some YouTube videos saying, I'm going to be the next school shooter, da, da, da. Like he, he wanted to be friends. Yeah. And he kept saying that he was going to do it in 2020 on a lot of uh, things. Yeah, but what happened in 2020? Well, he didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, but what happened? In, and I'm talking about why it didn't happen in 2020. Well, how did he know it was going to happen? No, he did this in 2018. No, but what I'm saying is he was saying he was going to do it in 2020. But yeah. the reason he probably didn't do it in 2020 is because he of, already did it. Yeah. Oh, oh, my bad. I'm thinking. Gosh, I think, um, I'm done. You're hair blonde. <laughs> my bad. No offense thinking, to the blondes I'm out there. I'm, I'm like, thinking, no. I'm thinking he did it. Yeah, because 2021. it's 2022 right now yeah. and the trial's going on. You're, yeah, backwards. Yeah. <laughs> and my I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confusing you with all this school shooting information trivia that you know nothing about. I'm sorry. So, yeah, he, um, and that was weird. Like, and some of his, like, I think it was uh, YouTube comments and something else. He had, like, kept saying he was going to do it all in 2020. I don't know what... Sped it up. Sped it up. Well, I think I know what sped it up. Um, his mother died four months before the shooting. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, he was going crazy way before his mom died, though. Like, he had even had the gun and all that before his mom died. So, yeah. um, some more about his, you know planning obviously while we're talking about the gun he bought all the guns he even modified the gun uh the ar that he used he bought a bipod so that he could like 
he actually used the bipod on the third floor in the teacher's lounge and set it up on like a windowsill to try and shoot out those windows at people. Like he thought he was a freaking sniper, whatever, loser. Anyway, um, all the extra magazines uh, that he bought, all the bullets, the tactical vest, etc. And he even had, and people asked, you know, oh, where do you get the money for all this? Um, one, I, he was on a joint bank account with his mom. Um, and he was, you know, on her bank account after she passed away too, him and his uh, little brother both. Um, but he also had a job for like two years. Doing what? At Dollar Tree. You know, one of my favorite stores. And even, you know, talking about the detective being smart and doing his work, even the detective brought that up. Um, you know, the shooter was like, oh, I'm just stupid. I'm so dumb, blah, blah, blah. And the detective was like, uh, no, you've held down a job for two years. Like, at that young of an age, like, your employer obviously thought you were smart enough to, like, handle cash and money and be around customers and... And responsible enough. Yeah, responsible enough and nice enough and not dumb, like you're saying. Wasn't a thief. Like, yeah. That we know of. Exactly. Right? He, had a, he held down a job for two years at, you know, from ages 17 to 19. Hmm. Um, so, I think that's how maybe he bought all a lot of this stuff, too. I think he rode his bicycle to the Dollar Tree because it was really close to okay. where he lived. Anywho, um... Um, also speaking about the Dollar Tree, when he was doing all that search history or looking up the search for, um, you know, the school's bell schedule, this and that, um, you know, how long does it take for cops to respond to school shootings? Like so many, just, you can clearly tell he was planning it out. It's, I would be here for two hours reading all of it out if I went over all of his search history. It's ridiculous. Um, he looked up like every Dollar Tree's location. I think it was the night before, like all the Dollar Trees around Parkland and Outer. And I was thinking, was he going to like maybe shoot up a Dollar Tree too? Because it was like right when he was looking up the bell schedule and like he, he didn't look up the Dollar Tree that he worked at. Like he looked up all the other ones. I'm wondering why. I know. And I'm wondering, like, is somebody going to freaking ask that on the stand? Like, or is that like his escape thing? Like, put his Dollar Tree that's uniform true. on and walk And go to work? Or... Like, that was his alibi? I don't know. It's a good question. There's so many unanswered questions that, yeah. So, anywho, um, talking about, yeah, you know, all of his guns, this and that, planning. Um, talking about the house that he was living in at the time. So, after his mom died in November of 17, he and his brother went to live with a family friend um, that kind of uh, took him took him in. Um, it was a lady who was friends with the mom um, called Roxanne De DeChamps. I think, I'm not sure how, do you, how you pronounce the last name. So, they immediately, you know, go... To living with her like a few weeks or a month after the um, shooting and they stay with Roxanne and her mom, husband, kids and all that. Roxanne was very skittish about Nicholas like the you know they moved some of their stuff in and all that and Nicholas bring moving his guns in because she knew that he was thrown off and had 
anger issues and had, you know, once put the gun to his mother and brother's head. She was like, Nicholas, I'm not comfortable with you having guns here, da, 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 all this stuff. Like, she said that he was acting normal the first couple weeks. And once she asked him to remove the guns from the property, all of a sudden he just starts acting like a, like a psycho, I guess you could say, for so a couple like of days. A, like a demon. Yeah. All of a sudden he just starts being bad. It's basically, I think he was trying to get kicked out. Yeah, because she didn't want the yeah, because he could he... yeah, because he couldn't have his guns there. So he was like, I got to get something else figured out and try to you know put the blame on her and you know all this and that. So um, once he basically scared the shit out of Roxanne's family by not getting rid of the gun. Like he even went and tried to bury one of his guns in their backyard. Um so that he could say that he had gotten them off of her property, but he would still have access to them. Yeah. Weird, yeah. Dig it up real quick. Yeah, so when he starts acting terrible, um, she kicks him out, and the Reed family takes him in. It's another family friend, and the son was actually, like, friends with uh, the shooter and the shooter's little brother. Um, So the Reed family, they were okay with him having his guns on their property. They said, um, you know, oh, we've got a gun safe here, a gun cabinet, you know, as long as you keep them in there and, you know, come and ask me anytime before you take them out, we're fine with you having them here. So what does he do at the Reed's household? He acts like a perfect angel there hmm. because he's still getting what he wants. He's got a free place to live and they allow him to have his guns there. Okay. You see, you see what I'm saying? Like, I don't know how he's to. He's getting explain. what he wants. Yeah. Taking care of. Him, yeah. And they're probably oh, well, get, not questioning. Exactly. Him. Oh, well, you know, I got kicked out of the Roxanne's house. You know, poor me. Can you? Will you let me live with y'all for basically free or whatever? And they're so gun act- owners. They got a safe. They yeah. think they have control of the guns. Yeah. And so he acted like an angel there, so he wouldn't get kicked out and have nowhere to go, no place to live. Because he wanted to bring his guns everywhere he went with him, you know, to look. So, um, the uh, Reed, and that's that's some other people that I, I don't know if they're going to call them to the stand. I really hope they do. Because supposedly the Reed family, um, you know, the guy, the guardian guy that said, oh, yeah, you're out of school on Valentine's Day. Okay, whatever, I'm going to work. Like, just kind of sounded naive. He said that he had a lock, like a key, um, to the safe, and it was locked. But Nicholas had taken his guns out a couple of times while he lived there, and he said, "Oh, I want to clean my gun or something." And the dad said, "Okay, yeah, here's the key." He thinks Nicholas may have went and copied the key, and that's how he was able to get his AR out of the safe the day of the shooting. Hmm. That still hasn't been answered at trial or, or anywhere, really, but I'm and hoping Unless it, they get him up on the stand, yeah. but you don't think that'll happen again. I'm wondering if, yeah, the state is going to call him because apparently they subpoenaed the Roxanne DeChamp family, okay. but that family has taken off to Canada. They took off to Canada, the entire family, after the shooting. 
didn't want any part of it. And supposedly they got subpoenaed, but I'm... Because the judge mentioned something about it. Like, yeah, they've been subpoenaed, but if if we can't get them... I don't know if Canada has some kind of rule or law, maybe. I don't know. Where they... They don't have to follow the subpoena rules of America. I'm not sure. But. I don't know how that works. Yeah. So, I don't know where the Reed family is currently, though. But I'm wondering if maybe the state will subpoena them. They actually went um, on interview publicly. The Reed family did. Like, a week or two after the shooting. You can find that on YouTube. It's like a 10-minute interview. And they were like, oh, you know, we thought he was normal and fine. Blah, blah, blah. Naive. Whatever. Anywho. Um. What else? That's kind of, um, kind of just a summary overview of some major points of his planning, premeditation, all that. Um, of course, there's days and days worth that I could tell you that they went over in trial, but I don't have days and days. <laughs> neither does Lee uh, have days worth to tell you about all that. Um, so now we're going to talk about the shooter's upbringing since we have time. Okay. And of course, I can't. I'm. I'm just going to go over the main kind of main points. Um. So the shooter, Nicholas Cruz, uh, he was privately adopted in 1998, um, like his first day he was born. Um. So, did you know that private adoptions don't have as many rules and regulations as, like, adopting through the state? So, what is a private adoption? Private adoption is when, like, a family pays an adoption lawyer. Like, this, like... Like, I know this family. uh, Well, no. So, Nicholas Cruz's, the shooter's adoptive parents, they were kind of, they were having complications trying to get pregnant. They were, I think, too old. I mean... It's not a nice way to say that. Like she, the mother was, I think, um, like in her late forties, I think it was. So they, they just weren't able to conceive. Yeah. Then, and the dad was like 65 okay. when they adopted a newborn. Like okay. They were much older yeah. than most of the other parents that were nickel, you know, yeah, the instead kids of age. being 30, 35, 40, 25, yeah, yeah. somewhere in that range. So they had basically went to an adoption attorney in Florida and said, here's $10,000. When you come across somebody who wants to, you know, adopt out their child, let us know. And so that's what happened here. Okay. Birth mother, uh, Nicholas's mother was a no nice way to say it. Say it. Was a prostitute crackhead. And they said that on the stand. Even the... Um, uh, defense attorney said that in her opening statements okay. like she sold her body she smoked crack she you know drank every day smoked a pack of cigarettes a day yada 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 um so basically the birth mother all of her living expenses were paid by the adoptive family linda and roger cruz yeah yeah wait say that again yeah say no say that again for me. <laughs> so okay the birth mother. Yes. The This is what happens in a private adoptions a lot of times. The people who are adopting the kid, they will pay for the pregnant woman's doctor's appointments, like, living expenses, to everything. Keep her yes. To keep her Yeah. So then this happened in 1998. Um, so I can even imagine what they do now. Um, 
Yeah, I didn't know that there wasn't nearly as many rules and regulations in private adoptions as there is when you adopt a child through the state. So what are some of these? I mean, I know I'm going to get off too far, but I'm kind of curious. I think that, I don't know, it just kind of sounds scammy to me. Like, because from what it sounded like, the adoption attorney and this was just, yeah, had an easy paycheck and basically lied on a lot of paperwork and didn't say that the birth mother was drinking while pregnant and all these things. Like, uh, but it was sketchy to me. Does the lawyer know? How could you not know, honestly? By looking at the woman's record, by she got arrested with crack cocaine in her possession while she was eight months pregnant with the oh, shooter. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. But I think some of it was, I mean, that was obviously, um, you know, that information was given to the adoptive family, but the adoptive family didn't care. They just looked the other way, whatever. I don't know. It, definitely a weird situation. They just wanted a baby. Yes, yes, yes. They wanted a family. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I get that. And uh, But anywho, um, basically the birth mother saw the adoption attorney's ad. There was like, I don't know, it was a billboard or back in the day, Yellow Pages. Hey, you want to adopt your kid? Or, you know, you want to give up your kid for adoption? I'm the attorney to call. Well, basically... Um, she was in jail and saw the ad or some other inmate told her, hey, you're pregnant. You want to give up your baby for adoption? There's this attorney um, and they'll pay for all your living expenses and everything, this and that. Um, so she, she, she knew that she could make money giving her sons of her being pregnant. Yeah. Okay, so the, the lawyer basically was saying, you give your kid up for adoption, I'll cut you a percentage. Yeah, and you get all your living expenses paid for. So she was taking those living expenses and using it on crack. Like, yeah. people, witnesses even said that. Um, and, I, of course, I know that's a, that's a big um, uh, deal that the defense team is trying to bring up. Like, oh, you know, um, the, the birth mother drank and smoked and did all this while she was pregnant with him and this and that and you know they've put a ton of doctors on the stand and this and that no the shooter did not have drug or alcohol withdrawal symptoms at birth he did not have fetal alcohol syndrome like they're definitely trying to use that as his defense so <laughs> okay that's you got a question no i'll hold off okay <laughs> Okay. Um, and, and that was uh, a thing about, you know, his up, upbringing. Um, some of the defense team, they've brought up, you know, they've mentioned autism or being, you know, him being on the spectrum. If I was the state or prosecution team, I would object to that literally every single time because zero doctors on the stand, zero of them have ever said that, he's on the spectrum or autistic or like Anything. there's zero clinical evidence of that. Yeah. Um, so no, he did not have autism or any of that. So he's not crazy. Mm -mm. He, no fetal alcohol syndrome. No fetal alcohol syndrome. It's <laughs> probably the first time you ever even heard of that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'll ask what that is later. Yeah. Cause there's going to be people that don't know what that is either. Yeah. It just birth so, defects, basically, okay, so the brain. Not crazy. Not, that syndrome. 
He's not he's autistic. Not autistic. Mm-hmm. No Down syndrome. Mm-mm. Nope. So he's healthy. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. He was just um, as far as like a birthday. Yeah. One of them did say, you know, um, I think a doctor actually did label him clinically diagnosed with um, antisocial disorder, um, and um, I don't. It wasn't a term back then, but I think it is now. Um, Opposite. What was it called? Something defiant disorder. Op- oppositional defiant disorder. I, I don't, can't remember. But they haven't actually harped on that too much yet. Okay. Basically, was just, he was just bad. Oh, yeah. I won't go there. But, yeah. Um. So, um, what else? Oh, also, he does not have Asperger's syndrome. That's another, I think, like on this spectrum. I'm definitely not an expert on all that. Uh. They, you know, kind of went over all that. I got to go. I got to check, make sure I put the ice cream in the freezer. Oh, my gosh. Pause us just for one second. See how ADD he is? It's the bluebell. It's the expensive kind. Yeah, I'd be ticked if you left that out. You looked really concerned. I didn't even pause it. <laughs> Listeners really need to hear what it is like at this household. Dear, dear Lord. Tebow's like, ice cream? Okay, sorry. He did, he did wake up. Gosh. <laughs> He's like looking at me. You said ice cream? Okay, sorry. Back to the serious discussion we're having. <sighs> this is what I deal with. Okay, so um, no Asperger's syndrome, any of that. Um, so here was this was actually one of my questions that nobody has brought up yet. I don't know why his defense team didn't bring this up yet. I have a um, theory, and I think there's probably research scientists out there that, or actually that I know that are already studying this, like um, with the Aaron Hernandez case, you know, the football player, um, you know, oh, what do they call it um, in football? Um, concussion. I can't, oh, um, there's a term for it. I should probably have written all this down. Like, oh, his concussions in football led to his brain, you know, what being messed called? up and him going on a murder rampage. And even other football players that are that were suicidal, you know, they thought, you know, they that could possibly be like a, a theory. So I've like highly looked into serial killers and all that. A lot of them or several of them had some kind of head injury as a young child where they had to be taken to the hospital, some kind of frontal, I think it was like frontal lobe damage, some kind of head injury. I have that kind of question. Like, did he have any kind of head injury as a child? Not that I'm trying to use any excuses, but if I was a defense team, I would. Um, because they, witnesses and neighbors and friends had talked about how just wild he was, even as a child. You have the name. CTE. CTE. Yeah, uh, concussion. Uh, what's it called? You literally don't just make, had it. Don't make me say these words. I know it's um, concussion, traumatic, something. Right here. Um. Oh, yeah. Chronic. Cro- um, chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, yeah. That always makes me think of encephalitis. Um, but, yeah, my thing is, like, did he have any kind of head injury as a child? Because the witnesses, neighbors, friends all had said how just wild he was as a baby, toddler, child, where he would just, like, jump everywhere, just be insanely, like, hyper. 
I think that's one of my questions. Like, did he have some kind of brain injury as a child? Because there are a lot of serial killers out there who did, or who do. Um, I think it was some kind of frontal lobe cortex damage or whatever. Um, Anywho, that's a question. Still don't have an answer to. We probably never will know the answer to. Um, Also talking about his upbringing, the shooter's birth sister got put on the stand, and that was absolutely crazy um i think that he didn't even know that he had a sister until after the shooting um her name was danielle woodard and of course she was in jail or prison uh they brought her out of jail to put her up on the stand and she you know talked about you know being around when her mom was pregnant with the shooter and um how she saw her drinking while big pregnant smoking doing crack smoking crack cocaine while pregnant um and the girl remembered, I think she was 12 years old while the birth mother was pregnant with Nicholas. She said she remembered having to urinate into a medicine bottle, like a, you know, one yeah. you get from the pharmacy. That her mom would say, here, you know, pee in this bottle for me. And a 12-year-old doesn't know why or what that's for. But she would always have to urinate in those for her mom. And her mom would take them and cover them with aluminum foil so that it would keep it warm because her the birth mother had to go do drug tests periodically for i guess it was the probation um office because of you know her getting arrested constantly you know for drugs and this and that and they also needed it for the adoption agency for the birth records Okay. So they were like, you know, oh, her drug test always came out clean. Well, the daughter claimed that the birth mother would put that bottle up inside of her and prick the full or so, I don't know how that people do that, whatever, whenever she would go to take a drug test. Hmm. And it was actually the 12-year-old daughter's urine. That's weird and disgusting. But so she had talked about that on the stand. Um uh, gosh, the defense reamed her on the stand, um, saying, oh, now you're in your brother's life because this reality TV show producer is in the picture, and he's, like, wanting to capitalize on this tragedy and make a reality show about the shooter's sister and brother and this and that. He's a freaking disgusting sleazy slime bag he's like oh i needed to bring a security guard to court with me because people don't like me like it, it's disgusting so the defense was saying that about the yeah the when they had the sister daughter. on this or okay. yeah the birth sister or daughter on the stand okay. like why are you in your brother's life all of a sudden oh, is it because you're trying to make money yeah yeah so, so that, she grew up with the mom uh she basically got adopted out or fostered out after that, or it was but she spent the grandma. Time yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was a weird situation. And he didn't. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. He didn't even know he was adopted until like, I don't know. I think they said he was like maybe in ten or something is when the mom, the told birth him. mother told him. Yeah. The birth mother told. Him? I mean, not the birth. The adoptive Adoption. mother, Linda Cruz. Yeah. So, um. Anyways, in this slime ball TV reality show TV producer has been given Nicholas money while he's in jail, has been given his little brother's money, uh, given 
Danielle, the, the birth sister money while she's in jail. Like, it's disgusting. I don't, it's like, it's just very weird. Honey buns and cigarettes. Uh, yeah, I don't, it's weird. It's like, dude, why? Anyways, and he showed up to, in the audience at trial one day and that, it was disgusting. Anywho, so the defense kind of did discredit her a lot on the stand. Caught her in some, some jams for sure. Um, what else? Um, oh, okay. About the shooter's upbringing. So the shooter had therapy, individualized counseling, programs, etc. Everything you could think of. Literally his entire life from the time starting at uh, when he was three years old. Mm -hmm. So, okay, he had all these programs, but like, <laughs> yeah. So his adopted family, obviously, they had like. Oh yeah, they had money. Money and. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lived in a good. Place. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. the, oh, that was... Uh, so he had opportunity. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they had even asked the sister that on the stand, the birth sister who grew up they around a no crack mom. They were like, um, okay, and so the shooter, speaking of, that'll bring me to that. So the shooter, Nicholas, grew up in a 4,000-square-foot home in Parkland, Florida, on two and a half acres, had a basketball court, a pool, jacuzzi, it, I'm freaking mansion. What if they want to adopt me? Right? <laughs> and that's that, kind of how, that's basically what they asked the sister, you know, the birth sister. Like, so, Danielle, do you think you growing up in a house, you know, 4,000 square feet with a great adoptive uh, set of parents, uh, two and a half acres, pool, all this, you think you would have came out better and not be in prison right now? She was like, oh, yeah, would have been real nice. Because, like, she grew I think from, I don't know, she kind of drops some clues. Like, I think maybe her mom tried to, um, what do you call it, child traffic her own daughter, like, prostitute her mm -hmm. daughter out and stuff. Um, she obviously grew up bad. And, and even the defense said, oh, but you didn't turn out to be a, a murderer. She was like, no, I didn't. The defense did that? Or yeah, the, the defense. Or I mean, not the defense, sorry. Sorry. The state. Yeah. See, you got. I think you've been getting that confused. You're keeping me on track. Yeah. I think earlier you meant the state. State. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, the state cross-examined her, and they were like, uh, "You definitely had an uh, a way worse upbringing, and you didn't turn out to be a shooter like your brother." She yeah. was like, "Nope. You know, I'm in prison for other crap, but <laughs> definitely not that." So, anywho, um, um. So, the adoptive parents did everything they could, definitely starting out on, like, they had, they had a psychologist and a psychiatrist for him at three years old. Like, every program in the world, like, catered to his mental needs, basically, his entire life. Hmm. Um, I think the mother, the adoptive mother, was definitely naive, and just kind of gave up on a lot of things. Um, so, anywho, um, like I said earlier, um, Nicholas's dad, Roger Cruz, died from a heart attack um, when Nicholas was five years old. And it happened in front of Nicholas at five years old. So, of course, they brought that up. Like, the child probably had PTSD from witnessing his father die from a heart attack. Um, so, he grew up without a dad you know, five years on. Um, uh, 
Nicholas's mother, Linda Cruz, you know, the mother who adopted him, mm -hmm. died at 68 years old from getting the flu, the pneumonia, um, on November 1st, 2017, which was four months before the shooting. Okay. Um, what else? Um, you know, he grew up in a huge mansion. Um, he, Nicholas had a little brother named Zach, who was, I think, a year or two behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so the shooter's little brother, uh, Zachary, was basically just as bad as Nicholas. Um, I think he was a year or two younger. He came from the same birth mother, but, of course, had a different dad. Uh, she didn't know who the dad to Nicholas or Zachary was. Nobody knows, actually. Okay. And the birth mother actually passed away a few years ago, too, so she obviously couldn't be on the stand or anything. Mine is a, like random dna tests yeah i <laughs> like mean if they like and literally rest. that was a prostitution thing they were like they would have to find all of her customers her clients the only in florida back then i mean the only way you could like happen naturally or not say naturally uh like without them finding all the clients is he would have to take a dna, DNA test yeah. like on ancestry and nobody really wants or to know me in 23 yeah and then he would have to take. God forbid, don't they do both that. Would have to do That's that. a mistake that I learned my lesson from. Um, so, um, yeah, and nobody really even wants to know that with his stuff. Like, it doesn't really matter yeah. at this point. Um, so, um, what else? Um, also, you know, talking about Zach being just as bad as he was. Um, they were both, like, so bad. Like, the cops constantly got called to the home. And I think the mom called a lot. Like, she literally couldn't control them. Zachary was always getting in trouble for, like, shoplifting and stealing mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, she even, like, bought them, like, started out with buying them BB guns and pellet guns. Like, if, if you know he ha has all these anger issues and stuff, um, you know, the shooter, Nicholas, like, why would you even buy him a BB gun? Like... She she bought him like bought them both the Xboxes with all the violent video games, Call of Duty and this and that, and said that he would like, you know, bust holes in the wall, like tear up the house every time he would get mad at the video game. She would take uh, the Xbox from them, hide it in her minivan to try and punish them. They would bust out the windows to her car to retrieve them. Yeah, like... Sounds like they were just... I'm like, why didn't somebody throw them in juvenile jail? That's my thing. Like, how did that not happen? That blo absolutely blows my mind. So, she she still kind of tried to protect them, or I think she enabled them, for sure. Um, she was actually alive when he bought the AR, and she went to the gun store with him to buy the AR. Uh-huh. Or, and where he filled out all of his background paperwork and all that, where he had to fill all that out because there was a waiting period for, um, you know, to get his gun. I think he would get his gun in like five days or whatever. She had called the gun store after mm -hmm. they went up there to purchase it or to do the background check and all that. She called the gun store and talked to the owner and was like, hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm just not sure about my gun, my, my son getting this gun, um... Basically, she was, like, trying to drop hints to the gun store owner, like, can you just not sell it to him? 
and he was kind of like, uh, well, you know, legally he's, he's 18. He can, if his stuff checks out, you know, we can sell it to him. It's legal. And she was like, he was like, why is there a problem? And she was like, um, well, no, I just want to make sure he's safe. Cause you know, I don't, I don't think he has a lot of like, he's never shot a gun like that. I just was wondering if y'all could like make sure he was going to be safe with it. So she knew the red flag. Yeah, like red. you, and but she thought that she could, there was nothing to do to, that she could do to stop him. I'm like, bullshit. I mean, she could have literally told the gun store owner that I think my child is going to shoot somebody. Yeah. Everything. I mean, does that, is that how they, I don't know. Does she didn't like exactly come out and say that, but the guy should have freaking picked up on some red flags. But regardless, another gun store owner but probably would have sold it to him. If he, if he fills out the paperwork. It checked out and cleared. And because they have to do a background mm -hmm. check on you. Yeah. Is that an FBI background check? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of hard to stop you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. I mean, um, he could have went to a gun show, and they would have done yeah, anything. Yeah. They would have just sold it to him. I don't know how that works now or whatever. But Florida now, uh, their age is 21 to buy assault rifle. They changed all that after the shooting. Okay. Um, what else? You know, his violent... He was obsessed with violent video games. Um... What else? Um, oh, also, I forgot to talk about this. Um, they did a chromosome genetics analysis test when Nicholas's birth mother was four months pregnant with him, and there was no genetic abnormalities in the fetus that the doctor had went over on the stand. Um, so that was, I guess, um, part of the state's evidence um what else one of the doctors after the shooting diagnosed nick with alcohol related neurodevelopment disorders not fetal alcohol syndrome or even partial but i don't know they're kind of branching off or they did in the later years on oh what could contribute you know this and that to his whatever, but honestly don't know which way the jury's going to go either way. Um, um, well, we'll talk about that later on with what's happening with the shit show of the uh, defense team in the trial and wanting to mistrial every other second and all the um, crap they're pulling. But so that kind of goes over the upbringing. I know I kind of left out some things in his upbringing, obviously, but um, we can go first. Just kind of, you know, the second grade teacher even warned, you know, so this kid's gonna is is dangerous. It, it is, sounds like he had opportunity. Yep. It sounds like mm -hmm. people saw that he was a bad kid. Mm -hmm. They had doubts about him, right? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. They thought he, if somebody was gonna do it, he was gonna be the one. Mm-hmm. So like, it was given everything chances, to be spoiled chances in my eyes. Chances in life, I mean. Lots of us have had it way freaking worse and didn't turn out to be murderers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he just eat. Okay. I don't want to say that. I think it was spoiled, uh, enabled in a lot of ways. But um, what else? Um, those were kind of just the main points. Of course, they went on for days talking about his upbringing and all that. Um, 
Anything else that stands out to you? Uh, if so, I would have written it down like I did these entire two pages. But um, I think we'll kind of end it there on talk, talking points. Um, the next episode, we'll probably do um, all of the red flags that were missed. That it, That's a lot. Um, and we'll talk about unanswered questions that are still left that people may have that I have and a whole nother episode we'll talk about um our <laughs> comments and observations about this trial yeah because I've actually got to watch some of that yeah I mean not every day but yeah you kind of walk into me like yelling at the tv um or sometimes I'll sit there and and you're like, what the I'll hell? You just like watching lunch. the judge because she's pretty. No. People were on the YouTube comments about her, like when she was going off. They're like, dude, does she have an OnlyFans? She needs one. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. She is pretty. Yeah, she she definitely knows she's pretty. She uh, poses for the camera. That's for sure. I didn't like her at first, but I know you did. Now I like her. She has uh, definitely gotten on that ass. Um. For sure. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens um, with the jury. I think it's seven, seven men and five women, or maybe I have that backwards on the jury. I and uh, Never seen them. I'm really, <laughs> uh, and only one of them has to disagree with the rest to say, oh, nope, he's not going to get the death penalty. He's just going to get life in prison. Um so, yeah, um, real curious to see how that's going to go. So, anything else, sir? Oh, well, no, I'll save that for next one, too, actually. Tebow has literally slept once again the whole episode. Our, our voices must put the sweet baby to sleep. Um, anything else, Tebow? Okay. Any other demands for us, Mr. Employee of the Year? Whenever I was working, uh, doing medical sales for like 10 years, whenever we went COVID in Houston, uh, when we were having to work from home, some of my doctors and stuff uh, would call me while we were working from home and Tebow would start barking every freaking time. I, as soon as I would get on the phone, I don't know why. And they would hear him barking in the background and, they're like, and I would be like, sorry, you know, the guy's working from home. That's my secretary barking. He's, he's really upset. Um, that he's not getting a raise right now. Uh, and they would like die bursting out laughing. I would tell him, sorry, that's just my disgruntled employee. <laughs> he's doing really good. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to our sweet TBZ. Hey, buddy. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. We're going to get Tebow to bark next time. Throw in his two cents. No. They're like, no, we don't want to hear that. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. Yes, by the way, I uh, found a typo um, mishap earlier on the episode uh, at about 35 minutes and 20 seconds when I said the um, uh, shooter and his brother went to live with the Roxanne family um, a few weeks after the shooting. I meant to actually say um, a few weeks after their mother died. Okay, thanks.